are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own gain. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. You are listening to Toward Anarchy on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Here's your host, Michael Storm. Welcome to Toward Anarchy. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Michael Storm, and as always, it is my pleasure to be here each week, live and worldwide across the Republic Broadcasting Network. Uh, just doing my thing, just having some fun. I'll see if I can plug in the camera here in the break coming up. I tried real quick to to plug it in there, and then then uh, you can see me, uh, my guest Dave Krieger, hanging out there in the 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 uh, waiting room. I guess you could say. Uh, just a second while we uh, tell you what's going on around here. If you go to TowardAnarchy.com, you can follow along. That's always the easiest thing to do. I try each week to to put the information for the the guests and some quotes and, and some links and just a bit of information uh, that you can use at your leisure up there. So if you look for October 8th when you get there, if you're, if you're with me in real time, uh, uh, it should be right there on the front page. Just click October 8th. Otherwise, click the Episodes button and uh, look for October 8th there, and you will see Dave Krieger. He is my guest today. We're going to talk about his uh, books, Clouded Titles, and uh, uh, maybe the Credit Restoration Prime now in its uh, uh, fifth print since 1995, just amazing. A longtime broadcaster and journalist and the current host of the Power Hour. Uh, Dave is going to join me here in just a minute. We'll talk about eh, the state of the world, this collapsing economy. We'll talk about his book, Clouded Titles. Uh, and if you want to know more, if you like what you hear, you like Dave, uh, you want to know more about what he has going on, those links are up there as well. There's a link to thepowerhour.com. Com, where he's the host every morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on weekdays. And uh, then you can pick up uh, the latest edition of Dave's book, Clouded Titles, at cloudedtitles.com. And then you can follow along the Power Hour uh, on Facebook and Twitter at Power Hour Nation. And all that stuff is up there at towardanarchy.com. Look for October 8th. And there's a couple other links and some things that I share as well, always. So uh, that that is your starting point for everything. And and I just want to jump right in and uh, get Dave in here and talk with Dave because I'm really excited, for one, uh, hopefully no offense, to talk to an old school, an old journalist like myself, somebody I, I uh, believe – uh, not everybody in our business does this or, or gets to do this, but I'm one of those people that I've been doing this long enough that uh, when I say I cut a commercial, I mean I literally cut a commercial with with tape. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Dave? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> yeah, I sure do know what you're talking about. I mean, we used to, we were back in the days of where you cut and splice, so they didn't yeah. have the electronic editing they do now. You literally had to roll the tape back and forth over the record head and the playback head and there's a break and we'll cut that sucker up there we just edit a breath out of a stock market report 
Oh, man, and, and we didn't have canned things. You, you weren't just able to say, oh, let's see, I need a campfire for a sound effect. Hmm, no CDs around? Um, nope, piece of didn't paper? Have it. No, <laughs> we, we had CDs in 1983 when I was doing major market mornings in Kansas City, but yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah, but we didn't necessarily have a, a library of sounds built up no. yet. Uh, yeah, and and well, I just remember taking a piece of paper and uh, crumbling it up in front of the microphone, just slowly crackle 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 and then put that in the background there and uh, that was a trick that i learned from from uh, my uh, my favorite educator uh, when i was in college and he said oh yeah we're trying to find some sound effects and we do this and this and this and i was like, man that is fantastic i am in on this uh, <laughs> so uh, dave it's really great to talk to you like i was saying um old school journalist uh, like myself and just still really about delivering uh, an amazing positive message and just getting the truth out to people after all these years. And that's tough to do uh, in this environment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> just, in fact, I, I literally on the Power Hour, my whole MO is to make fun of everything because, one, it takes the negativity out or the sting out of the actual report that I'm doing. And I actually mm. challenge what is out there because a lot of this mainstream media, I mean, when you find stuff on like The Guardian or RedState.com, you're looking sure. at at the, I mean, you were journalists. We're, we've both been around long enough to know you've got the ultra-right news organizations, the ultra-left news organizations, and we're trying to fit this whole picture somewhere together in the middle and make sense of it all. Um, at least, you know, the truthful part of it. And the thing is, is that with AI and everything entering the picture right now, I've told my listeners, I said, at some point in time in the future, you are not going to know what to believe in. You aren't going to have the details, and you're going to have AI creating news. AI will literally, it could create a nuclear war. It could put out false information and false flags that would, you know, this thing that's going on in Israel right now with Hamas yeah. uh, between the IDF and Hamas is just, we are that close right now because from what we are hearing, and of course this is back-channel stuff that we haven't vetted yet, mm. that there's information that some of these weapons that were sent to Ukraine all of a sudden ended up in the Hamas's hands. And I'm like, no, this could happen. Uh, yeah, I just heard about that this morning, too, as I was glancing through the news and everything. And I saw that come up and they, and they were pointing out the types of weapons. And it's no coincidence that they uh, sort of match. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out as the information on that comes out. So, yeah, yeah you've heard that. Too. Oh, man. Yeah, we have. <sighs> we've, we've been plugging it. I mean, just because my show runs Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 Central does yeah. <laughs> not mean that we stop. You and I both are on the same page here, Michael. Yeah. Both of us are news junkies, and we both pay attention to what's going on 24-7. I mean, whenever we have a waking minute, actually, I should pair, you know, rephrase yeah. that. No, because no, we, it's we do need our sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to get a little bit of sleep in there and a little bit of family time, and then there's there's the business to run. But and you know, there's still a computer always sitting there. There's always a phone. Uh, there's there's always some program or something going on in the background, some noise or something. Uh, constantly being fed information, and man. I can't I can't even imagine being in a position where I'm not able to critically consider the information that I'm receiving because it is coming from everywhere. You can't even help but be surrounded by it. Well, there's a thing, too, with censorship that's going on, too, because then you see some of the stuff gets filtered into you. And if you don't trust 
particular mm. news sources. I've, I've even had particular news sources that I refer to that have sometimes really disappointed me. I, I love it when they yeah. report something the White House announced this morning. I go, gee, I didn't know White Houses could talk. <laughs> you know, who in the White House said that? It's like the guy that got on there, that, that uh, guy out of Orlando, Florida, that was pushing his transformation into the light seminar. And he's going, mm. well, I've been asked to report this thing about what's going to happen on October 4th. And I'm like, who told you to say that? Why are you scaring people half to death, making them think that this EBS test that us old time broadcasters knew was exactly that? An EBS <laughs> test. It's a warning. My phone didn't go off. I don't know if yours did, but I consider their test only a partial success. But yeah. I didn't hear any high pitched tones and I didn't see any zombie land. I didn't put treadmills out in front of my house and tie people's shoelaces together in case they turned into zombies that couldn't move. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do stuff like that, but we were, you know. I mean, the, the kind of mindset that this media is is all about. I mean, I'm glad we're out there because they literally are trying to create mayhem. And I guess that's kind of parallels the title of your show. Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit. It's, it, I love the fact that I'm able to use that, um, the, the wording of the show, the name of the show, as, as a tool to, to open a conversation. Well, let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about words. Let's talk about... The manipulation uh, that's presented it, 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 over language uh, politically uh, and socially to reach a particular uh, perceived notion of the way things should be. So let's we'll, – and, and the word anarchy is just one of those simple little perfect examples of that, how the word can be used and misunderstood or misused and understood uh, in different places at different times and depending on who you're talking to. So it's a, it's a great talking point. It's a great entry point. Um, that and you know, Pokemon, those, those are great entry <laughs> points with most of the people in the world today. <laughs> it's craziness. Michael, I'll tell you, the thing is, is if you ask me anarchy, give me a common day definition of what you think anarchy mm -hmm. is. Sure. The summer of 2020 riots times 10. OK, yep. That would yeah. be as close as I can get to where you're where where this title jumps off the page of me, because, I mean, if you can imagine coming soon to a city near you. And especially if it's a blue state city and I'm going to use that term because there's a bunch of them in Texas. There's a bunch of them in California. There's a bunch of them in Minnesota. We already found that out. New York is just booming with them. New <laughs> Jersey, same way. And I mean, you look at, at cities like this, Philadelphia, and you take all of these illegal immigrants, 8 million of them that are coming in here. And a lot of them are fighting age men. They're being put up in camps that we're all not aware of. Uh, there is one called the Colony that's going up in Texas, uh, yep. in East Texas, out in the woods out there. You've got uh, places in New York where now they're putting people up in hotels. The illegal immigrants are defecating on the street. They're beating up our citizens. They're raping women. Uh, they're murdering people. Uh, and this is just going to just increase. Crime is on the rise. They want to regulate our guns. People are going, I don't think so. I mean, if you're not this close to a revolution, if all of a sudden they decided to attack our grid and take out our grid, uh. and I'm talking about the, all these Chinese nationals that have come into the country that probably have a skill set very similar to let's get on and see if we can hack into the grid and shut it down. Right. All you have to do is shut that grid down for a couple of weeks, and you watch all the blue state cities implode that quick. Because it'll happen, and we know it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't even think it would crypto. take a couple just, weeks. No, that's just a cyber <laughs> attack. 
Well, no, after 72 hours and people realize that the power is off, I mean, that that's when it really starts, the proverbial caca starts to hit the fan. Yeah, So right. uh, I, I just kind of look at this and go, okay, it's no wonder, and I'm, I'm constantly asking my audience and getting comments from people about why they're buying guns and ammunition and stocking up on food. Right. I mean, where'd the mindset come from? It's the same tit-for-tat mindset that we're getting spoon-fed, uh, but like pablum, by our mainstream media that's scaring half of our population to hate the other half. I mean, you brought that up in your intro, you know, with the uh, with the sounders and everything else that were going on as you open the show. I mean, oh, this sure. is what we're being programmed to do is to hate each other. I went to a farmer's market yesterday. Boy, you would not believe the mindset out there. Mm. I mean, most of the people are open, friendly, want to talk. Nobody's wearing a mask. Nobody got jabbed. Uh, they're all having conversations about what's going on, about truth. What's going on? Truth. That that's the kind of talk about stimulating. I mean, I'm glad I went because there are people in the hinterland, uh, especially in the Midwest, uh, that are paying attention to what's going on. I mean, I think there's a lot more Americans that are awake than mainstream media wants to give them credit for. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's probably absolutely true, and and, and I guess it still just remains to be seen exactly what that you know how that plays out. Okay, so people are awake, but they okay. We got a lot of woke people. We got a lot of <laughs> awake people. We have a lot of aware people, but we don't have a lot of people actually doing anything about what's it. We have a lot of people towing the line. Doing. I love you. Use the phrase tit for tat. I love that. Uh, because that's exactly what the politics is. That's what this left-right division is. That's, it's tit for tat, and and you got to raise the bar each time. That's where we're at right now. Where we're at right now in this uh, prosecution of uh, and and persecution of uh, somebody that I have no love loss for, the former president Donald Trump. Look, I, I, this guy. He's just like everybody else in his mm, field, in his range, in his his class. Uh, may, you know, uh, uh, oftentimes guilty of doing a lot of questionable things, using government as a uh, tool to bludgeon other people with, uh, and and so we find ourselves here in a situation like we have now where everybody is completely divided and and so you have a you have a president who had some questionable things happen well let's attack him let's let's um mess with the politics by going after this guy and making him a a an example of of what you can't be to be president although none of that really has anything to do with his being president and so the the real problem of the the office of the president the failure of politics isn't isn't solved by attacking Donald Trump or attacking Joe Biden or attacking any individual because the same problems the same bad economic uh, uh theories are what are pervasive throughout that system regardless of who's in that place and so it's real easy to create that divide, I think, and and people are making a lot of money doing it too, <laughs> especially if you're in Congress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And it, why can't? So that's what brought on the conversation, right? Is it, it who are these people voting for? Why are they continuing to do this over and over again if they're awake, if they're aware? Because they're awake to, they're aware of. I like to talk about. I'm sure you know the Overton window. Well, 
it's used all the time, whether people realize it or not. It's used consistently by politics and the media to focus on today, to focus on yesterday, to focus on tomorrow. They don't they don't step back. They don't look outside the window. You don't see the bigger picture. So, okay, the economy looked a little better over the last couple of days because of a jobs report. But that's just the media hype on it. What about the fact that the Federal Reserve's been, you know, messing around with the, the rates and uh, the fact that, well, more increased jobs is messing with their ability to mess <laughs> around with the rates? No, go ahead, please. No, the other question I've got is, you know, who's going to go out and get a residential mortgage loan mm. and pay 8% interest? Yep. No, that's not going to happen. I literally, I look every single day at what the, for, what the foreclosure scene is doing, which is one of the reasons why uh, I am actually going to step outside my own comfort zone and i'm going to go to dallas texas on november 4th and 5th which is a saturday and sunday and i am conducting a two-day class called advanced coda and hmm. foreclosure defense um we are getting people from both coasts all over the hinterland coming to this event at the double tree uh dallas love field and uh we'll be there in the concord ballroom uh doing a seminar there for two days teaching people litigation strategies. We actually have homeowners coming that have been fighting to stay in their homes mm. for over 15 years now. Oh and they're, they're beating the banks pro se. Right, right. And oh, so yeah, a lot well, of people that... are afraid of doing it, but see, the foreclosure, what people, they don't get it. The foreclosure is out of control. It's not to the level it was starting in 2007 right. when I started to do the research for clouded titles. It is still it's still on the upswing, and we're looking at thirty five thousand foreclosures um, a month across the country. That's pretty serious stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was looking at that the other day, somebody was talking about the idea that it, that it looks more. Was it the Bank of America guys? Maybe they were talking about that it looks more like the eighties. Than it did 2008 as far as the housing market goes and that this is an interesting creep right now within it. And and it's crazy how it's shifted in just the last few months. That That's what shocked me because just just six months ago it was a great time to buy a house. And now all of a sudden it's not so great of a time to buy a house. Well, the bigger problem is, though, is securitization wasn't going on back in the 80s. Glass-Steagall was still oh, sure, what yeah. Glass-Steagall was uh, post the Great Depression. And the reason that Glass-Steagall, for those listeners out there that don't know what that was about, it was to keep the banks, the general banking industry and the finance industry, from getting involved in the securities markets. And as soon as well, we have Mortgage Electronic Registration System, MERS, which they know who I am. They've been watching me ever since <laughs> I went vocal with clouded titles. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was in federal court in Kansas City back in 2011 with a settlement conference with Bank of America and MERS, and their attorneys were there. And as soon as I was introduced to one of the uh, MERS Corp senior VPs from Wells Fargo in Des Moines, and uh, the client who I was with, who was a an attorney there that wasn't practicing, um, she got me invited to sit in on the settlement conference. And so I flew up to Kansas City and was was getting ready to go into court. And when I was introduced to this guy, he turned as white as a sheet. And I go, mm. are, are you OK? And we get into court. The judge walks in in a suit and tie, not even his robes. 
nice guy. I got to meet him and talk to him, and I handed him a copy of my book, and he starts laughing. He looks at the <laughs> title, clouded title, he starts laughing. And that look on his face is like, you know, you know. You know what's going on. You're just waiting for somebody to come in with the right ammunition and, and approach this thing where you can wrap oh, your head around it. Because right now people don't know. And we get into court, and Merce's attorney is jumping up and down, screaming, pointing his finger at me, going, he wrote a book. He's got a blog. He's got a website. This isn't a private <laughs> settlement conference. And I'm just sitting there with my hand up the side of my face going, oh, my God, I've got a target on my back. <laughs> so mm, this wow. is back in 2011. So you know that the government, and this is the thing about surveillance state and what's going on right now, Michael, you know they're watching everything everybody does. Oh, They've yeah. got this bloody cell phone that everybody they can keep track of you. Yeah, well, yeah, they we were just talking are. about the the test. It's funny that that test the other day. I had no idea that somebody had talked about the that they're going to send a tone over or something, and we're all going to turn into zombies. I didn't know <laughs> that until afterward. Um, of course, I was I was in studio in 1995, the day they walked in with the little uh, gray green box. And inst- I helped the engineer install it right there in the system. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about. The EAS is when they uh-huh. changed over. Uh, and they literally could, with the push of a button. It used to before that, you had to go in there and they would send you uh, some information. They'd send you a tone. And you could, if you wanted to, pot that information up and, and broadcast it out. But from 1995 on... They had the ability, whenever they wanted, to just take over the radio station, take over the television. Uh, that's what they're working on doing with these phones, and and, and it's amazing. Uh, I'm surprised. You you were right. Your phone didn't go off. I have a couple of friends. Their phones didn't go off. Mine did go off. Mine has gone off every time they've tested it, but then again, uh, I buy $50 phones from Walmart. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old burner phone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Well, but you must be doing something nefarious, Michael. Oh, terrible. Yeah. No, I just don't want to pay $500 for a phone and $200 a month for the privilege yeah. of having the same tools uh, that that these, uh, the, you know, I, these $50 phones, $60, $70 uh, phones at Walmart and an unlimited contract. I've been on them since 2011. 2011 is a magic number today because that's also when I met Lisa and, and when I came across your profile on the uh, pod match system uh, i it was you were talking about the clouded titles and and about 2011 uh you just mentioned and how that all just kind of hit right around that time for you well right at that same time right around the time of uh, occupy uh i met a group of people in colorado including a woman named lisa who went uh, up against her mortgage company. She did not win uh, after a couple of years. She did fight, and she did show up herself, and she made a bunch of these men, if she'd have had the tools uh, and the information that you had at the time right there, I, I bet she'd have been that much closer, if not having actually pulled it off. And she's one of these people that you talk about, these these people that are standing up to uh, these these banks and this this fraud that is the lending practices that, that, that they're using to justify stealing people's homes from them well and the thing is is that we know based on the fact that we still have securitization in play here and after glass steagall was repealed in 1999 that's when mers 
version three started up. People don't know it. Actually, back in 1993 up to 95, they were developing this tool, knowing that at some point in time, Slick Willie was going to sign off on the Graham-Leach-Blackley right. Act, which would then remove Glass-Steagall. And all of a sudden, the banks jumped in. They had all this stuff on the shelf, ready to go. As soon as it was repealed, Glass-Steagall's no longer. And uh, they proceeded to securitize mortgage loans into residential mortgage-backed securities, what we call a REMIC which is a real estate mortgage investment conduit, mortgage investment conduit. Now, these remix are only allowed to stay open for one year, according to the Internal Revenue Code at 860D. I, I could get into some real serious detail like I do in my classes, and people are taking notes. Um, and the thing is, is, I've actually done CLEs for attorneys in Texas, sanctioned by the Texas State Bar, gave mm -hmm. me permission to get up and teach this stuff because attorneys are totally in the dark. One of the worst things that I hate is when somebody's got to go in and pay 350 bucks an hour to educate an attorney on foreclosure defense because he sees an annuity. It's a monthly annuity. Look at this. They got money. They want to stay in their house. They're willing to fight. They probably should have paid their mortgage payment instead of paying me every month. But this is this is the way of the world. And, and so these pro se litigants were frustrated. They were emotional. They went into court. They felt like they'd been ripped off. Because yeah. of the securitized trust, 99% of the mortgage foreclosures are illegal because the Remick Trust took what amounts to your note that you signed at closing because you just wanted the keys. There's, <laughs> I got a good sound effect for you right there. That is a good one. Yeah, I, you wanted the keys. You wanted the keys to the house. You didn't care what you were signing. Just give me the bloody paper. I'm going to sign it. I'm going to sign that promissory note, even though it's adjustable rate and it's going to take off on me and I'm going to be stuck like a pig two or three to five years down the road. This is the stuff that I teach in the class. Uh, you know, by the way, if you want more information about the upcoming workshop, you can go to my Substack page at oh. DaveKrieger.substack.com. I've got the application forms and registration and all the syllabus and everything there, what we're going to be teaching, litigation strategies. I've got attorneys coming. I mean, this is totally uh, a blowout because most of the people there that are coming are pro se litigants who have been defending their houses for years. These are the kind of people you want to hang out with because that will give you an emotion pump. Uh, to to umpteenth degree where you will be totally imbued and happy when you leave there rather than sad and depressed like a lot of these um, you know homeowners ended up like Lisa in Colorado these mm. rule 120 hearings they have are as bad as Texas's rule 736 hearings lender comes in says what he says judge says okay foreclosed yep uh, it's nuts and then the public trustee in Colorado takes off and forecloses on the property. These Rule 120 hearings are not fair. The homeowner doesn't get much of any opportunity to say anything, and if they're not prepared, they're going to lose their house. Hey, I that's sat it, in, Michael, I sat in a rocket docket in Miami-Dade down in Florida with one of my attorneys I work with down there. My wife and I went down there to look at this rocket docket. He goes, you ever been to one? I go, no, but now I'm scared. Right. He said, well, <laughs> you, you, watch, you watch what they do. Because, see, here I am, mortgage-free, and I'm sitting there, Watching all these people, there's a whole courtroom packed, and there's probably at least 300 people, homeowners in there, that are sitting there waiting their turn to be called up in front of the judge. Each one of these hearings lasted about two minutes, and within three and a half hours, that entire courtroom was cleared out. Everybody but two people lost their homes. Two uh -oh. people. That's why they call it rock a docket.
Right. You talk about scary. And I've been to trial as a trial consultant, working with attorneys. They're doing cross-examining. The judge is up there whistling to himself, cleaning his glasses. Oh, I'm like, this is not a good sign. I no. am watching all the players. I'm looking for hand signals. I'm looking for cues. I'm looking for the opposite sides. Attorney clenching their fist and getting mad and because they're losing and they're stomping their fist. I'm looking for services, these, these mortgage loan servicers that come into court. Bank of America in Collin County, Texas, actually has a mock trial court where they put people and they sit there and they train them to be professional liars on the stand when they get there and they're told to answer yes and no questions so that they can come in and steal the house. And if you allow that mortgage loan servicer to get away from the stand without getting a thorough cross-examination, you've just, you know, your attorney, you, you, I don't know what you're paying him for. Uh, huh. it's, it's the craziest thing. And this is what happens. They get in there and they basically are yes people to everything the attorney says. You talk about leading questions and they ask stuff. And when we did cross-examination, our attorney's up there grilling and the woman doesn't want to answer. So, well, what do you know about this remic trust? Well, I don't know anything about the remic trust. I work for the servicer. Well, wait a minute. Well, if you work for the remic trust, how come you're, how come the remic trust servicer is not suing us? If you don't work for the remake, why isn't the remake here? Well, no, they send the servicer to lie on their behalf because the remix closed. It doesn't exist. It's like me writing a mortgage loan check, going to a bank that's not open anymore, setting it on the front porch and expecting somebody's going to open that door. Even though it says closed for good, they're going to open that door and they're going to cash my check. No, it's not going to happen. Man, I holy I can't <laughs> believe that they, they actually Michael, I mean, I guess they not. have to. It's, it's still going on. Yeah. This hasn't stopped. What happened in 2007 through 2016? Right, it didn't change anything. No. This was my point. This was my point. All these wake, woke people. Oh, yeah, we know. We've been through the crash. We saw it. They bailed out the banks. They should have bailed out the people. <laughs> they bailed out the, the corporations. They, they should have helped us here on the street. But we didn't change anything. Nothing changed at all. No, and so I just don't I get what are we going to do? Well, we're going to sit here and watch it collapse is what we're going to do, uh, because there's no other way to fix this if you don't fix anything. Um, Correct. Sounds like we got to go into a break. We sure do. We'll be right back. We're talking to Dave Krieger toward Anarchy. truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs for some the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. 
Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to Toward Anarchy with Michael Storm. Huge favor and support the network. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. And if you can, if it is within your ability to do so, you appreciate what you hear, all the different shows, not just this one. My one hour a week is nothing compared to what happens the rest of the week uh, throughout the network. Amazing people, amazing topics, uh, good information, truth, the kinds of things that you that we're all clamoring for. We really, truly are. Uh, and and. Uh, it's all possible because of you click the donate button that's the easiest way to do it just follow through the process uh, or pick up the phone give us a call the number is right there at republicbroadcasting.org if you want to talk to somebody you want to help somebody uh, want somebody to help you through the process or you just so you don't like the digital thing I get that Um, 
we can help you with that real easily. Just pick up the phone and give the, the network a call. Uh, and then there's always the win-win situation, the shoprbn.com website. Uh, it, it's just fantastic because all of those products on there, every time you buy one of those products, you support the people who advertise across the network. And that, I mean, that's just a, a proven, a proven model. Uh, many, many, you know, a couple of days that this radio thing's been going on some old uh, old radio people like uh, Dave and I uh, it, it, this is a working model it's a, I tried to sell this to the Denver uh, Post or the Rocky Mountain News when the Rocky Mountain News died uh, a number of years back I, I had a meeting with their uh, executive who was representing all of the employees as the 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 paper was coming apart and they were going to move on to do another thing. And I tried to tell them, I said, man, you guys are trying to figure out how to fund yourselves, how to support yourselves, and you're in, you're trapped in this weird uh, new internet age and, and in between the internet age and the print era, and you don't know what to do with yourselves, and you're not sure how to fund it because it's, nobody really buys advertising, and they do. They only pay itty-bitty little pennies for it when you're talking about the internet. I said, sell yourself. Do like we do in radio Every week, every weekend, if you turn on a radio station, and it's been this way for decades and decades in America, uh, you find people who have ultimately purchased their time. The network exists there as a masthead, a place for people to come, and and it works. It's a working model here uh, for the broadcasters as well as for the uh, the advertisers. You just you you get somebody who does support you. You go out, you take, and you sell yourself, and and you buy that space and you put yourself in that place and then you support the platform uh, just like you guys do uh, directly and so the platform is what matters and that the individuals across the platform support the platform and keep the platform up because then they have that place where they can come and do all their uh, things and that's what you get at Republic Broadcasting it's just a fantastic place it's my pleasure to be here uh, and and thank you for supporting the network, republicbroadcasting.org to do that, shoprbn.com for the win-win. So if you go to towardanarchy.com, you want to follow along, you're interested in Dave, uh, my guest Dave Krieger. Uh, there's more information. There's always the links. There's a link to the Power Hour. I'm actually right now in the middle of adding a, uh, a link to uh, Dave's Substack. That'll be up there as well by the time anybody catches this on the, the replays and the streaming sites and all that good stuff. Uh, that'll all be up there and added to it. But there's a, the Clouded Titles website link is up there, and you can find... Uh, Dave and the Power Hour uh, at uh, Power Hour Nation across Facebook and Twitter and social media. If you like what you hear, and I'm telling you, you you've got to. I really want. I meant to add the Substack thing. I just got the link this morning, and uh, I was in the middle of it. I managed to get the Clouded Titles link up there, but I didn't get the the Substack link yet. But I'll I will fix that, and I'll tell you why. Because you need to go to uh, the website. You can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, and and you can follow along on Dave's blog, and you can find out what's going on. Uh, this thing that we're talking about, this madness, this craziness that's going on all around the nation uh, in these in these monetized, these uh, uh, and now politicized. You always you got to love it once politics gets involved in the thing, screws up what's already screwed up. Uh, well, I guess they enabled it in the first place, didn't they? 
They did. And uh, the problem is, is that the judges, we actually saw newsletters because Florida, any of the sand states, which would have been California, Arizona, Nevada and Florida. Mm. Those were the ones that were hit the worst. Southwest Florida, Miami-Dade, South Florida, all of that was the judges were actually getting newsletters from the bar associations telling them we are watching the way you rule. On these foreclosure cases, your political career is hanging in the balance. Oh, uh, wow. So, you know, and every time, you know, one of my attorneys, literally in California, you, he has won a bunch. He, uh, as a matter of fact, we talked uh, about a month or so ago, and he said, yeah, I just got done getting two deeds of trust off of a guy's chain of title. He now is a free and clear house. Wow. He had a, The bank was there. They were yelling bloody murder. But the judge says, I'm sorry, this attorney's got the goods on you. Uh, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get the house today. I'm going to go ahead and, and allow these two deeds of trust to be expunged out of the land records in L.A. County. And they were. The guy's got a free house. To see, the thing is, is, though, everybody is, you know, if you don't get the right attorney that knows what they're doing and all of them see the money, they see the gravy train. I mean, this is the thing. One day, Michael, I was sitting there thinking about all the pleadings because I'm working with attorneys writing pleadings and this stuff. I am right. so deep into this stuff after 12, 13 years of it. It's like mm. I, I go to sleep with it. And it's like I get really <laughs> impassioned, emboldened about what homeowners can and cannot do. And a lot of them just, you know, they're they're so caught up in their own lives and their emotions that sometimes it's very difficult to uh, communicate with them. And so, you know, we, we try and we can't make promises. And any attorney, any attorney that says, oh, you got a great case, run the opposite direction. Like hell. <laughs> run like hell. Because all that guy wants is your money. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's got a great case. You have to walk no. in assuming you're going to lose. And if your attorney is thinking straight or you're thinking straight and you know what to object to and that why you're objecting to it, there's a very good chance that you'll live to see another day in court. Yeah, right. At least get the chance to continue the fight, which is which is a lot more than a lot of people get. Most people are. You talked about this process of just rolling the people in and just sort of rubber stamping their uh, evictions, sending them on out the door. The foreclosures. It's crazy. I, it's it's a business. It's it's not about. Hmm. And can it be? Oh, we can talk about markets and <laughs> capitalism and and how this has to be a thing. But when you, it, it, there's there's a difference here. There's all of the manipulations of the political system uh, that are behind what is happening in the housing and has been happening in housing for a long time. And and it, you can't get over that. There's no way to get past that. It's the toughest question that people ask me when we're talking about anarchy and what, what things would look like in a stateless environment. How would the economy be? How would uh, housing be? How would jobs be? Housing uh, and property ownership, taking it from, out, from where we are now is a huge question. It's a huge because so much of it has been a fraud and and it's it's tough to roll back the clock at this point to even begin to decide well who is you know who who and how do how do you get things when you're starting back over from zero and nobody has anything uh, and and wow could that ever happen if we ended up on this path that we're on where you have no trust in the system. You can't trust the businesses because they're corrupted by the politics. You can't trust the politics because they're corrupted by the business. And it, and it's just this ever uh, – uh, it's it's collapsing cycle of just who can you trust? Who can you trust?
Yeah, you should play that song too. That's a good one too. Papa Roach. Who do oh, you yeah. trust? Yeah, I, I <laughs> used to play that on my Florida radio show. But mm. the, uh, the the bigger problem we have out there is this moron up there. I call him Klaus Schwab and the Schwab Kebabs. Oh God. It, he's you will own nothing and you will be happy. I don't oh. think so. Not in this country, buddy. Uh, this you, you got even even Putin is going. Your days are numbered. Yeah, right. Comrade, your days are numbered. You don't go around with your Nazi-like behavior and you you talk like this and you make everybody feel like they're in Stalag 13. Have, no, have people ever seen this guy? He dresses like the <laughs> damn emperor out of Star Wars and stuff and he's, <laughs> and he's just this caricature of a of a Nazi. Oh my god, he is so scary. Well, the thing is, though, you're not going to be happy if you get booted on the street. If you've ever seen a tent city, I mean, look right now at what's going uh. on with the homeless camps everywhere in America. There's homeless camps. And why is that? Because people are depressed. They're on drugs. They got fentanyl coming across the border. People are rather get sitting around and get high than go work. They, I mean, this is what's screwed up with the country is that we've lost our way. Well, uh, and, and a majority of them have not. But. At this point, they're all looking at what's going on on the street and going, you know, if we get foreclosed on, we could be just like them. Well, it's a helplessness. It's a, it's an entire feeling of helplessness. How can you can't? I've got to feed my family. I've got to get up, and I've got to go to work. But then I have to worry about whether or not my boss is going to rob me for the for the state, or the state's going to rob me using uh, you know, one of its little made up political or social opinions that it calls a law, and and. And then I got to worry about if they're going to use that to throw me out of my home on some technicality. And I, I, I understand it. I so I own a business, and uh, at where we're at right now is on a pretty. Uh, thank you. I, on a, on a major. He's he's clapping for the rest. I of you am can't because see, you're clapping. doing exactly, Michael. You're doing exactly what I'm telling everybody to do. Mm. Find your niche. Start yeah. a business. I know they're creatures of the state. Yeah. Get an LLC. Get the write-offs. Take advantage of the system. Yeah. Use the system's own tools. Sometimes it pays to do that rather than fight a battle you're going to lose. So go on. Yeah, well, no, that's absolutely it. You no, you're absolutely. Well, I own a comic book shop, so uh, cool. I teach people to read uh, and enjoy their art and enjoy their leisure time. Uh, and uh, so the area that we're at, it's a pretty major street. We've got a nice corner. It's a wonderful place, but right behind literally right behind us uh, it just went away was a little tent city and because it's right along the stream and it was at the back of a large piece of open property that nobody it's owned but nobody's doing anything with it's just open space it's purdy it's nice so somebody decided they were going to come along and with some pallets and some tents and some things and just sort of build a home there uh and and so I meet these people. I know these people. I talk to these people, and I see that okay, you have X guy and and Y guy, and X guy is out there because he's he he came across hard times, and and that's it. And and as soon as he's able to recover, he'll be he'll recover. And he's going to be out of there. But that's a, an exception to the rule. I think most of these people are like Will. Uh, Will is a, is a great guy, nice guy, wants to do what's right, doesn't know how to, has no concept of what to do for himself in this collapsing system. And he sees it just as easily as we do. So uh, so I get um, 
I love this example. I have one of these social media pages, one of these local sales groups. Uh, you know, just everybody signs in and, and they sell their stuff. Here's your stuff. I got one of these things for sale. I got one of these things for sale. And so I manage this group. And there's about 7,000 people in this group here in Topeka. And uh, I, I, I see the people sell the stuff and I see what's selling and I see and so I can tell the people who went over to Walmart stole some baby food stole some diapers or they got them for free these I hate these people these people that get these things for free and then they take them and say they you know some charitable organization a church or something like that will give these people food they'll give them diapers or these they'll go and take advantage of this and they'll take these when other people need them and then they'll be up there on on a place selling them openly uh, it, it, terrible, terrible people to do something like that, to take advantage of people like that. But uh, it, it, uh, so as I'm watching the trends in things itself, so this past summer, all of a sudden, when there wasn't it, it just occasionally here, there, every once in a while, all the boats, all of the uh, jet skis. All up for sale. All the boat trailers, all up for sale. And so, uh, and now the and that was and that's about the economy. It's the rich people selling their toys, uh, golf carts. Golf. Uh, no normal person owns a golf cart. No, I'm not driving my golf cart down my driveway to check my mail every day. So it's rich people and multiple ones over and over and over again. So this is this is to me. I'm seeing an open window, a different window, a view of really what's happening in the economy that can be obfuscated, if not completely hidden, uh, purposely by the the mainstream media trying to push its political agenda. And and uh, so across the board, I, I have these different windows into the economy, and I listen to Will, uh, this just poor, homeless, broke person who's uh, he's perfectly perfectly capable. There's nothing wrong with him. He's, he's ambulatory. He's got all of his limbs. It, he seems to be when he's not drinking. Um, perfectly reasonable and can have a conversation and you can uh, discuss the world and, and he can tell you about uh, how bad it is on the street. And I say, yeah, yeah, it's really bad and it's not going to get any better, buddy. And why are you here? Oh, because you've collected a bunch of crap that you pulled out of dumpsters and you keep it over there in a space. Dude, you are free. You're a free man. Cut all of that stuff. Walk away. You can go anywhere you want, do anything you want with your life. You have no ties. You're, per you're perfectly healthy. You're perfectly capable. But he wants to wallow in it. He wants somebody to pick up. He keeps telling me, oh, well, they keep coming. They, they're, they're gonna, they got my card. They're going to refill my card at the end of the month. And they're going to give me some money, and I'll be able to buy some food. And they've got me on the line in line for housing. Uh, yeah, it's been three years. Sad three state years? of affairs. Yeah. You know, and, well, and how see, this is Michael. Do you remember what they were saying a long time ago when we were in the, in our heyday in broadcasting? They would say, mm. "Well, the average person out there makes about seven hundred thousand dollars over their lifetime, uh, and that's just the working stiff. That's mm. not the guy that goes out and starts his own business that all of a sudden is now franchising his business, and the guy's making you know seven figure income. Mm. And what's he doing? It's like these sports players. They see all of this stuff and they go out and they buy nice big houses and. Next oh, thing you know, God, they're yeah. filing bankruptcy. Uh, yeah. You know, people are not managing their money. They're not taught how. Our educational system has been hijacked. Nobody knows Mortgage 101. Uh, you know, the stuff that we're supposed to be teaching our kids, 
Instead, we're parking them in these public fools and mm. letting them being babysat by people that are coming there with size triple Z breast calling themselves a girl when <laughs> you know it's a guy underneath. I mean, the guy in Canada, I mean, they yeah. finally cut him loose. But I mean, you know, you got this garbage going on in the school. Your kid comes home. He's upset. He's tearing up the family. You got C the CPS knocking on your door going, we've had a report that you don't like the idea that your child wants to become just the opposite sex. Mm. And so we're going to remove them from the home. When you got this kind of garbage going on, kids turning on their parents. I mean, the kids are confused because the parents trust our educational system, which is an extension of the government. There is no constitutional right to an education. I love it when moms call me and tell me, we're homeschooling our kids. And I'm like, God it. bless you. You are yeah. doing the right thing. Yeah, I I wish that there was a, a switch that you could just turn on <laughs> on people. It'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, here you, you, you figured it out. Let me flip this switch on you. And so now you're going to actually do. You're going to take all this information, all that input, all that news you watched, all those articles you read, all the Facebook posts you scrolled through. You know what's going on in the world. You know what's happening. Now what are you going to do about it? Yeah. What's, what's your next step? It's all about the family unit. you got to protect mm. the family unit. This is what they're trying to destroy is the family yep. unit. This is what America grew up on besides the core Christian values. We call it a constitutional republic. In our world, you hear Tucker Carlson and everybody else get on there, and they keep referring it to a democracy. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, <laughs> that is not what we have. That's not mm. what our founding fathers said. Franklin said a republic, ma'am, if you can keep it. If you can and keep so, it. you know, what? what are we doing about it? So, you know, I, I served. I was in during Nam. I took the same oath a lot of other vets did. And, uh, you know, that's for life, by the way. So you right. have a lot of people right now. Uh, firearms is a big thing. Yeah. Guns and ammo and food are a big thing. Self-sustenance. And the further you can get away with what by whatever means possible, if you can imagine total anarchy, it's like there is no law. You could take martial law times 100 and the police, I mean, look at Hurricane Katrina. That happened. What did the cops do? Right. Instead of, they, they got their they families and shot guns. out of Dodge. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, you had certain entities. Well, the ones that stayed doors. around. Yeah, yeah, the ones but, that but stayed around. But a lot around. of them left. Yeah. A lot of them yeah. left. They took their families and moved, got out. So, you know, I mean, where's law enforcement when you need them? And if the electric goes out, there is no 911. There are no phone calls. There is no law enforcement. And you've got roving bands of gangs that have migrated mm. out of the cities once they've collapsed. And now they're in the countryside and they're looking for a target. Well, that's the place they're not going to come, actually. Now, they'll be if we have the sort of complete total breakdown, we're going to have that larger uh, push of, of people pushing out. But they're not the, the, the ones that you really have to worry about, of course, are the big crowd that you can't stop as an individual. And then the the the, you know, the people that are going to the purposely going to steal from you, rob from you, try to hurt you, try to take what's yours. So the most of the people out here, I think, are like me. They probably carry a firearm and are prepared to protect themselves. But all of the people packed in the cities, certainly the New Yorks and the Chicagos and the Washington, D.C.s, they've been disarmed and they are not empowered to protect themselves. We're seeing it in the in San Francisco and, and, and over in California, these uh, shops getting just robbed en masse. 
Boy, if these people had just been told over the years that they don't have to rely on, wait for uh, someone to come and protect them, that they can pay for their own security, that they can carry a gun, that they can protect themselves, that they've been empowered to protect themselves and their property at any point for the last 50 years in this nation, uh, we would not see uh, criminals and and scumbags trying to take advantage. I've it's a crazy thing. You have to get the okay. So I own the store, Dave, and so I've had a couple of opportunities to have to try to stop people from stealing from me. And I had the most brazen sob the other day. I carry a gun openly. I have for years. I wear it in the store. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows the guy in the comic book shop. He carries a gun. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, uh, this guy comes in. He cases the place for a weekend. Comes in. He makes friends with me. Talks about how he loves comic books. He loves these things. And, he, and I've already got this guy kind of pegged. I kind of already figured there's something weird about him. Obviously, oh, yeah, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get this one. I'm going to get this one. All right, fantastic. Comes back. Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about this book the other day. It's a $750 book. And I uh, said, so, yeah, well, let's take a look at it. And I just, I know it. I'm to, I'm, I'm to, don't do it. I just look at him and say, don't do it. He's standing right next to me. Don't do it. I'm standing with, with a gun in my pocket. This guy's got $1,000 worth of my product because he's already stuffed some crap under his shirt before he came over to chat with me. He's grabbed a $700 book. And I'm, I'm watching him. His head is, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He does it. I have to chase this guy down and stick a gun in his face to get my product back. Um, I'm not worried about my store <laughs> because where it's going to get around, uh, it does. Uh, but there's the rest of the population, they're not empowered to protect themselves. And, and when we're getting to a point where people can look at you and go, wow, that guy's armed. I'm going to take his property anyway because you know why? He's not going to shoot me. Why would he? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Is that crazy or what? Yeah, that is crazy. Well, the thing is, is it's it's a dare uh, to be emboldened scenario. Mm -hmm. And until somebody mm -hmm. actually pulls the trigger on them, it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, in, in Texas, for example, a, a friend of mine uh, was on one of our construction sites because I build steel sip homes when I'm not doing this. Oh, wow. And, uh, and we're building a house and he's telling me, well, I my wife is in Houston by herself and we discovered that our catalytic converter had been missing out of from underneath her car. And I just called, no suckers are $1,350 to replace. And so she calls the law, the constable comes out and he looks out of the car. He said, yep, they sure did take your catalytic converter, filed a police report. And he's looking around and he goes to her front door and he looks at the side of the door and he goes, it looks like somebody tried to jimmy your front door open. Oh, and she's like, Oh my God. He goes, lady, do you have a gun? She said, yes. He goes, I want to tell you something. This is the, the constable is talking to her. He's a peace right. officer. He's saying, look, this property right here, this border, this fence line you have right here on your property, this is your property. Your car is an extension of your home. If you see anybody on your property with nefarious intent that comes at you in a furtive manner or, you know, furtive meaning aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You have the gun. He said, shoot them in the head, not the arm, not the leg, the head. Kill them. That's what he said. Oh, yeah. 
Not no. only have to come to that, what's even worse, Michael, your neighbor. You've got to worry about your neighbors in a grid-down situation. That's and you scary. shouldn't have to. We should, shouldn't. I shouldn't have to be worried about my neighbor. Dave, it has been such a fantastic time chatting with you. We could uh, go I on. really appreciate you. <laughs> know, yeah, we could. Too, we could sir. keep going. You take care, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, TowardAnarchy.com, ThePowerHour.com, CloudedTitles.com, at PowerHourNation all around the globe. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. And we'll see you all next week. Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.